Well, I want to welcome you to the Hills Church at Home. So glad that you are part. In fact, what I'd encourage you to do is go to our website, download the message notes. You can follow along. So important that you're following along. Read those verses when we're done. Read them throughout the week. Also, if you have any kids, grandkids, maybe just want to copy off the kids' activity for neighbor kids, do that as well, too. You can download those from our website. So the title of our message today is Lordship. Lordship. In fact, we'll get into that and look at uh, verses that have to do with Jesus being our Lord. A couple of verses I was actually thinking about this week that I wanted to, to read to us. And, you know, people often ask, they read about God in the Bible, does God ever laugh? Do we, do we ever see God laughing? So we read this. In fact, I want to read this out of the New Century Version, Psalm 2, 1 through 4. Psalm 2, 1 through 4. Why are the nations so angry? Why are the people making useless plans? The kings of the earth prepare to fight, and their leaders make plans against the Lord together and against his appointed one. They say, Let us, let's break the chains that hold us back and throw off the ropes that tie us down. But the one who sits in heaven laughs. The Lord makes fun of them. I think that's so funny. The one who sits in heaven laughs. The Lord makes fun of them. Of all the things that are taking place, the Lord is in heaven and he just laughs. He makes fun of them. His plans, his purposes, his promises will come to pass. In fact, there's another one in Psalm 37, 12, and 13, New Century Version as well. The wicked make evil plans against good people. They grind their teeth at them with anger. But the Lord laughs at the wicked because he sees their day is coming. The Lord laughs at the wicked. He sees that their day is coming. So God laughs at when men plan and they plan it against his anointed. In fact, that one is appointed. He laughs at those that have wicked plans because he knows their day is coming. So we follow the Lord. We follow Jesus's lordship. And as we've been doing each and every week out of Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 15, kind of our verse to set this up says, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That's what we've been talking about. Repent and believe in the gospel. And remember back then, they didn't know what the gospel was. The Hebrew, the Jewish people were taught in the synagogues. They were, they were taught the Old Testament. They didn't know this gospel, but Jesus began to teach them to repent and to believe the gospel. When Jesus was baptized about 30 years of age, we read it in the scriptures that God the Father spoke, this is my beloved son 
in whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descended like a dove upon him. And that, uh, that anointing, that power came upon him. We know Jesus was driven by the Spirit right into the wilderness. He was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights by the devil. He did not fail the temptation. He overcame what we call the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He overcame that. What Adam and Eve fell under, Jesus overcame. Jesus then was led by the Holy Spirit, and he went into the synagogue, and as it was custom, he got up and he began to read and he read out of Isaiah's book, but he read these verses, Luke 4, 18 and 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You know, I thought about this when I was going through this verse. I want you, if, if you are watching today, I want you to read these verses with me. If you're listening today, as I repeat it, repeat it after me. But I want us all to read this verse. This is Jesus. This is like the kickoff verse for him, and he says this out of Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the message and the ministry of Jesus. So when Jesus becomes your Lord, or when he asks you to follow him, this is the message, this is the ministry of Jesus that you are following. You know, after a little bit of time and the disciples are following Jesus, Jesus is going to ask them a couple questions. In fact, we're going to pick this up in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 20. In fact, let me read this first part to us today. When, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who do men say that I, that I, the Son of Man, am? Now, what Jesus was not having was an identity crisis. Jesus did not want to find out were they confused about them. Jesus was asking a question that would lead to a response. But he asked that question, who are the people thinking I am? And so we read this. In fact, the disciples speak out and they say these words. Well, so they say, some say... John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Think about with me for a minute. Some say you're John the Baptist. Well, John has already been beheaded. He's dead, right? Jesus was seen with John. John baptized Jesus. Uh, 
John was arrested. John, John was decapitated. He's dead. So that's kind of confusing. They think he's the dead guy. Some say Elijah. Now, Elijah would make a little more sense. Elijah did not die. Elijah was taken up on the chariot uh, of fire and horses. He was taken up. He did not die. So maybe they're assuming like at the end of Malachi, before the end, Elijah comes. Maybe they're thinking he's Elijah. And others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So here's what's interesting. The people are confused about who Jesus is. They think he's either John the Baptist, he's dead. They think he's Elijah. Well, Elijah's taken up into a whirlwind. Uh, or he think the other prophets, but, th but they're all dead and deceased. But then he says this, and he makes it personal, and he makes it personal to you and I. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? That's where it becomes always personal, doesn't it? Who do you say that I am? Well, Simon Peter answered, and he said, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Simon yells right away, You're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. And then that's when Jesus answered and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. It's very interesting because the Jewish people knew the promise of the Messiah. In their mind, the Messiah would be a conquering king. It would rid them of, or at least in the initial part when Jesus was there, the, the Roman occupation. He would lead them on. Now we see Jesus coming. The spirit of the Lord is upon him. He's going to set people free. People are confused about who he is, though he's teaching. He's healing. He's feeding the multitudes. He's raising the dead. And yet out of Simon comes this thing that's not given by flesh and blood. It didn't click. It was by the Father. You are the Christ. You know, if, if you've already made Jesus the Lord of your life, that became something that you said as well, too, that he is the Christ. You didn't come by that by natural thinkings. It was God's spirit working on your heart that caused you to confess Jesus as Lord. Because Jesus says these words. He said, uh, oh, I'm sorry, jumped ahead. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But those who do the will of my Father in heaven. That term Lord is used, you know, today we, we know that in the UK, we, there's definitions. People are lords and dukes. Lord is a term of somebody being a master. But Jesus wasn't looking at a term of you being, a, you, um, you being his master. He was looking at it being Lord over your life, Lord over your spiritual life, your physical life. He's Lord of heaven, and he's Lord of earth. But what's interesting when, when we read that, not everyone who says Lord has confessed him as Lord. 
as walking this life out, we aren't just to confess him as Lord and move on. He is Lord over us every single day, 24-7 in our decisions and our plans. In fact, I think it's important to remember in Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20, Jesus said this before he ascended into heaven. And he came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Because he came and sacrificed and laid down his life and was crucified and died and rose again on the third day. And he defeated death, hell, and the grave. He took a hold of the keys of, of, in, and he set the captives free. And he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. All authority was given to him in heaven and on earth. Think about that. All authority in heaven, all heaven. And on earth, all of the unbelievers and all of the of the believers. Jesus is already Lord overall. It's been given to him. And then he goes on, even when we publicly confess Jesus as our Lord and we confess our sins to him, that's the first place where we start, where we confess him as Lord and we make him Lord of our life. In fact, that's usually done privately, or it's usually somebody has led you in a prayer. We take time on, on every uh, message that we do on video and in the audio to lead people. We get reports from people all of the time of them confessing Jesus is Lord. But even though you say it privately, you need to say it publicly. That's why it's so important that you get water baptized. And in your water baptism, you are publicly saying to all of the witnesses that you have made Jesus the Lord of your life, that you're following him today in water baptism, and you're acknowledging that as you go under the water, you're putting the old you under, and the new you comes up clean, fresh, baptized. We also understand that as Jesus said this, he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I commanded you to do. So Jesus discipled the 12 and the 70. It didn't stop there. In fact, he told them to go disciple people, and he would also be with them even to the end of the age. Notice the step here. You make Jesus Lord. You publicly confess Jesus as Lord. And now you begin a walk of discipleship daily following Jesus. The Apostle Paul said, I crucify this flesh daily. I bring it into submission. The flesh doesn't want to read the Bible. The flesh doesn't want to get up and pray. The flesh doesn't want to witness to somebody. The flesh tries to be the flesh. But that's where discipling, following Jesus as Lord come into play. Because, you know, I remember when I, I first prayed and asked Jesus to come in my heart. I was about six or seven. I was seven years of age. 
But I knew at the age of 19, when I said I rededicated myself, that it no longer became the Lord that I was serving because my mom served or my family served. He was becoming Lord because I said so. I was making a change. He is Lord. I am not perfect. I have made mistakes. But he is Lord over my life. He is Lord over decisions. And I come back to my Lord and Savior who has told me to follow after him. Watch. He talks. You know, I thought about this. Thomas. I've used this a lot the last several weeks. Thomas, one of the 12 disciples, the one we refer to as Doubting Thomas. Thomas, who the 11, part of the 11 now, because Judas is dead, he's been hearing reports that Jesus is raised from the dead. And yet Thomas says, unless I see it with my eyes, unless I take my finger and I place it through the nail scar in his hand, unless I take my hand, and I place it through his side where he was pierced by a spear. Unless I do that, I will not believe. That's what he said. All of the those men that he lived with for three and a half years and was around, that kept telling him Jesus is alive. He didn't believe it. He had the audacity to say those words. And so when Jesus comes in, you know, you and I would have reacted a little bit different had somebody said that about us. We would have sure reacted different as Jesus said. Jesus comes into the room and he comes to Thomas and he shows Thomas the nail scar hands. And he says, Thomas, go ahead and touch my hands. Go ahead and take your hand and place it in my side. Don't be unbelieving but be believing. Gee, I want you to get a picture of this. Jesus, Lord of heaven, Lord of earth. A disciple, when he called out, he prayed all night long, called them to himself, appointed Thomas, a disciple, now an apostle. And he doesn't get in his face like you and I would do, point him out, kick him out, get rid of him. You're no longer worthy to be around. How dare you say that? Jesus comes up to him and has that incredible teaching moment. Don't be unbelieving, Thomas. Be believing. Think of our Lord in dealing that way with us. Sometimes, though, we needed it the other way. But he chose to do it just like that to Thomas. Isn't that powerful? You know, when you confess Jesus as Lord, you're not one and done, and off you go. This is following after Jesus, taking your Bible, following after him, beginning a prayer life. And even if you've been following him for 30 years, 20 years, 50 years, you're following him anew. He's new every morning. There's always things that are having to be chiseled off of us. And that's what Jesus does. And that's why we're never alone, because the Holy Spirit has been given to us. You know, before we, we go on, in fact, I, I'm going to put this on the screen before. I'm going to play a song that we're singing at our service on Sunday morning. In fact, it's a, a song that's known in the church, Blessed Assurance. 
I wanted to play it for you. I wanted you to listen to it. I wanted you to follow lyrics on the screen. And I, and I have to put up our CCLI number because I'm concerned that I get thrown in Facebook jail or YouTube jail. But I'm doing all of those things because I want you to hear this. I want you to take a moment and I want you to listen to this song, these words over your life and come back into that alignment of Jesus being the Lord over your life. L listen to this song with me. We'll come back in just a minute. Jesus is mine, and oh, what a foretaste of glory dear, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his This is my story. 
I pray you heard that song. I pray that it didn't get stopped by any bot or pro. I pray that that song was powerful today in your life. And even if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, would you come back to him today? Perfect submission. All is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. I pray you you find him anew, even today he's new every morning. If that's the first time, whether you heard, I was trying not to sing along, it was hard to do. Hopefully you did sing along to that. But I pray today, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, would you pray this prayer with me? You're going to come into the Lordship, Jesus, over heaven and earth. He wants to disciple you. He wants you to walk in his word. Pray this with me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me, and I confess him as the Lord of, and Savior of my life. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins, and today I begin my relationship with you new. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I pray something fresh on you. If you've been a believer before, I pray something fresh on you. Be blessed in your walk with the Lord. If this was your first time, hey, this is the great next step. The Bible says that heaven rejoiced. In fact, we're to rejoice that our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I pray that you reach out to us by either the social media platform that you're viewing on, listening on, or go to our website, fill out a contact information, or email us, info at hillschurcharcadia.org, or better yet, tell somebody, and tell somebody what you did, most important decision you'll ever make in your life, assured 
that Jesus is your Lord. Well, as we receive our tithes and offerings today, I want to read this one verse. It's us out of Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then it will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Interesting that you may observe, be in it day and night, Joshua, observe to do according to all that is written in it. You know, sometimes we do that. We don't want to do the certain things it says to do, but it says to do it. In fact, when you do that, you make your way prosperous and you have good success. Giving, that stewardship, that tithing, that offering, that giving to missions is the observing to do. It's releasing the blessing and the promise of the Lord on your life. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. In fact, I want you to pray it, that you're praying it on your own to the Father. And we do, we command his blessing upon us today. Pray this with me. As I give in today's offering, I stand on the reliability of God's word. God's word is perfect, trustworthy, and supernatural. It is God's voice into my life. I believe that God's promises in the scriptures are for me, and by faith, I claim them. I will manage all my resources according to your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In fact, if you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can click on the Give button on the top right hand of the screen. It's safe, fast, and secure. Or you can give by mail. You can write to us at the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And may the Lord bless you. You want to follow along even the worship songs we're doing, go to our YouTube channel, the Hills Church Arcadia. Click the playlist. Click on October 10th. You can listen to all the songs. You can listen to that song again, Blessed Assurance. Hey, I want to invite you, if you're in the Arcadia area, if you are interested at all, we're doing water baptism on October 31st. You say, October 31st rings a bell. Yeah, we're going to redeem Halloween. We're going to do baptism right after our 10 a.m. service. We'll be baptizing probably about 1130. We'll have food. It's celebration time. If you're interested in water baptism, you want to find out more, your opportunity to publicly confess Jesus as Lord, uh, email us, info at hillschurcharcadia.org. Title your subject, uh, Water Baptism. We'll get back with you. Well, Psalm 121, 1 and 2, as we say it each week, I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? Where does your help come from this week? Where does your help come from today? Your help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. The Lord bless you. Have a great day. Remember, Jesus is Lord and you're following after his lordship. In Jesus' name, amen.